You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. So I thought I'd start out tonight just showing you maybe a few pictures of some family members and just thought you might get a kind of a kick out of this. Now, some of you may be thinking, that is the ugliest dog I've ever seen. But if you got to know Dudley, he's just one of the most hilarious dogs. He does this weirdest thing. Can I tell you all what he does? He just does this weird thing. We have these sheer curtains in our bedroom. And, and we'll be just, Jennifer and I will be talking or laying on the bed talking and everything. All of a sudden we see the curtains kind of just swaying like to one side. And then they sway back. And I'm thinking, that's weird. What was that? And so we'll get off, off the bed. And there's Dudley. For some reason, he loves the sheer curtains on his back as he walks by. <laughs> and he takes like a full minute to get through the sheer curtain. So he could just feel it on his back. And of course, he's a bulldog. So, you know, bulldogs are stubborn and sometimes foolish. I mean, this dog, if you put him in 95 degrees and humid for more than honestly 15, 20 minutes, he has a real good chance of dying because there are just so many wrinkles in his face that they have a hard time breathing. So um, today I let him out, was studying, taking, doing some things, let him out. All the other dogs came back in. There's Dudley. There's shade right there and there's direct sun. There's Dudley. You know, kind of too dumb to come out of the rain, so to speak. But then I have another member of my family. If you want to just go ahead and show that. Now that's Lola. She's my little French bulldog. My wife always says she's a little dog I've never had. Well, she is unbelievably smart. This dog, I mean, she knows how to open doors. She knows how to get into my wife's makeup cabinet and strew everything out all over the place when we come home for my wife to find. She's an extremely smart dog. But um, these are the two little uh, parts of our family. And all of us are just, I know my cousin Mike right now is going, oh, brother, because he's just such an animal lover. (laughs) But uh, these are two members. I thought you guys would get a kick out of that because, you know, as you're going through life, you really kind of appreciate the the nice things in life. And those are just one of the pleasures that we have is is our animals in our our house. And they're just hilarious dogs. So anyway, what did that have to do, do with the message? Nothing. Just thought I'd share that with you just to kind of uh, warm you up a little bit. All right. What I want to do is I want to talk to you tonight. We've been talking about real life. How many of you are really into real life? I mean, you don't want me to give you something tonight. or I would at least hope not. You wouldn't want me to give you something tonight that you go and ponder and you never use in your life because that's going to be useless to you. You want something you can use, right? So I thought that we'd go um, and talk about a few things. And I want to talk about, if you're going to title it anything tonight, if you're taking notes, it's called The Believer's Posture. The Believer's Posture. Now, life is full of joys and pleasures. Thank God for that. But life is also full of challenges and tests. Would you agree? Has anybody been challenged or tested in the last maybe year or two? I have in the last day or two, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, life's just full of challenges and tests. The word of God is definitive though on his will during these times, whether it's the joys and the pleasures or the challenges and the tests, but what posture should we take to meet life's challenges and still walk in peace? Now here's a new concept. I know to some of you, a new concept, you can actually be going through challenges and tests and trials, if you will, 
and still have the peace of God. Now, I'm not going to say that I've got that all down pat because I sure don't. You know, I remember calling Pastor Tim not as maybe not so long off ago and just say to a man, I am just hurting. You know, I, I've got just something going on in my life. and I'm just hurting. Man, he just loved on me, you know, and I knew that. And this was on a Wednesday. <laughs> I had to get ready for in, in, in about four hours to go up and, and lead worship. But I was just hurting and I needed to talk to somebody. So I called him and we talked and. And, you know, we talked about some things, we prayed, but, you know, life is just, it's challenging sometimes. And sometimes you just don't have the peace of God, but we're always in search of it, especially during the challenges and trials in our life. And guess what? They're always going to be there. Dad, you're 70 plus years old. Are they still there? They're still there. My dad says they're still there. So we're safe all the way up until 70 something years old. You're still going to be having challenges and, and, and trials in your life and things that are going to be, you know, just... Ugh, great on your nerves. Have you ever had that bill come in the mail? And um, it's for, let's say, $200.06. Because that was the exact amount of the bill. So I get the bill from the person in the mail. I only pay $39 a month for the service. So I know what's ahead of me now. You all know, right? What's ahead of you now? Go get on the phone for a half hour till you figure it out. Do they pay you for that time to get on the half hour? I don't think so. But I had to get on the phone and I knew this was going to happen. Okay, yes, Mr. Knott. Oh, we do see that. Huh. I wonder why they put that charge. I'm thinking, huh, me too, pal. You know, so you're making that phone call. And that, that's not really a challenge and a test, but that's just an aggravation. How many of you have little aggravations? And then this is my favorite, though. Are you ready? Mr. Kanata, we'll be right back. <laughs> do, 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 do. So I'm watching my phone. Four minutes. Eight minutes, 12 minutes. Now I'm starting to get really aggravated because I'm thinking, you know what? You're taking my time because you guys made a mistake in the billing. 15 minutes, hang up. I'm thinking, you know, you never want to hang up because you're thinking it could have been 10 seconds later that they pick up. Hang up, call them right back. Hello, it's Miss Karana. Someone's trying to take care of me, but it was 15 minutes and they never came back to answer my phone call. Nada. I am so sorry that happened, Miss Karana. Huh? Really? Oh, yeah, well, well, that was so-and-so, and they're coming back, and uh, they're, they're going to call you right back. Okay, can you have them call me right back? Yeah, have them call me right back. Okay, calls me back. Yes, Mr. Kanai, I'm so sorry. Uh, somehow we got disconnected. I'm thinking, I know how I hung up on you. <laughs> so you're aggravated, and you're just going through all this stuff, and, and you're on the phone with the guy, and he's, he's telling you, yes, blah, 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 blah. Now your, your phone bill will be $65. No, $85. I said, okay. Did I say phone bill? Uh, I already gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, my long distance carrier. <laughs> so anyway, so you got your, your thing there. It'll be $85 this month, Mr. Can I said, okay, help me out with this if you wouldn't mind. I pay $39 a month for a service and it's going to be $85 now. Why is that? I know there's not 40 something dollars worth of taxes. Is everybody tracking with me? Okay. So, oh, you know what? We didn't apply this. Can you hold on a minute? Sure. Oh, this time he came back in a few minutes. Okay, Mr. Connor, it's great. Your phone bill is only going to be $65. I said, $65. It's good. 
I pay $39 a month plus tax with my lightning fast mind that doesn't come up to $65. Huh. It sure doesn't. So you get what I'm saying? So I ended up spending how long with this person on the phone? 38 minutes. Did I count? Yes, I did. So, you know, and, and it's so aggravating because there's 38 minutes of my time that could have been spent better, but I had to do this, but it's just little life aggravations, but you can still have peace even through those things. Did I have peace today? No, but I'm working on it. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is I am a work in progress as well as you are a work in progress, whether it be the little stupid things that aggravate you like phone calls because things weren't right or the huge challenges in your life. Maybe you're going through something with your kids. Maybe you're going through something tough financially. Maybe you're going through something difficult with your, with your own physical health. These are real issues. These are real life things that we got to learn to, you know, grab and harness the peace of God and know and trust and believe that God will take care of us. Do you know that God will take care of you no matter what you face in life? You just declared it with me that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loved you. Do you believe that? Okay, good. If you, and, and if you're saying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's okay. Just keep declaring it. I'm going to read. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to read 16 verses in a row. Okay. Psalm 91 verses one through 16. I believe this is the new living translation. You ready? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High and will will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. I'd say he's covering pretty much everything, would you? Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil, say no evil, will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will say, I will. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Aren't you glad that that's what God will do for you? Amen. Verse, I want to encourage you in this part right here. Verse 15 says, I will be with them in trouble. You know what that word trouble there means? Self-inflicted tight spots. Anybody have any of those? Oh, every hand in the house should be going up. And if you, if you don't realize that, if you haven't figured that out yet in your Christian walk, everybody makes self-inflicted tight spots for themselves. 
A lot of times we think, oh my goodness, the devil's attacking me. The devil's attacking me. The devil's attacking me. No, he's not. You're just making dumb decisions. It's the truth though. I, I, I'm telling on myself. Oh, you're making, you know, the devil's just, the devil's just, you know, it's not, you're just not thinking right. You haven't made godly decisions. You haven't done right and godly things. And therefore, this is our posture. Are you ready for it? It's so simple. This is the great thing. Verse one and two is the posture that you and I take. Verse three through really all the way through 13 is, is what God will do for us, including 14, 15 and 16, but in 14 and 15, which we won't get there. We'll get there another time. Verse 14 is another thing that God talks about if they love me, but we won't get there today. Verse one, this is what he says. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Now, here we go. He who dwells, the amplified and the new living translation says abides. He who abides in the secret place by abiding is one of our jobs to stay under the shelter of the most high. I kind of like to look at it like this. It's raining out. It's, I mean, it's, it's really, you know, thundering out. It's raining out. It's stormy. You see people getting wet, but you step out of your car and you got one of those gigantuous umbrellas. I mean, the kind that three people can walk under. So the, even the sideways rain can't get you right. And you're just sitting there and you're watching everybody else get wet, but you're not getting wet. And that's kind of how it is when we abide in God. It's like we're under his protection. We're under his cover. It even says there we're under the pinions of his feathers and his wings. God just kind of protecting us and taking care of us because we're abiding under the shelter of the most high. Our job, say my job is to abide in the secret place. How do we abide in the secret place? Number one. We abide in God's word. We abide in God's word. We are actually dwelling or abiding in him. Let me read uh, John chapter 15 verses four and five. Abide in me and I in you. This is Jesus talking. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. There we go. We're going right back to the same. We'll hold on that verse right there. We're going right back to the same thing. If you're not abiding in God, you're not making right choices. You're not doing right things. When you don't abide in him, you can't bear any fruit unless you abide in him. So when you step outside of that, all of a sudden you're wondering, now why am I getting pelted now? It's because we stopped abiding. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. I'm I'm not trying to insult your intelligence by... By keeping it real elementary. I'm just trying to get you to get a picture in your mind. Okay. Verse five. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me. Say it with me. You can do nothing. John chapter one. Uh, and uh, verse 1 and 14, I'm going to read verse 1 and 14 to you. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh, Jesus, 
and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the word of God. They are one. They are synonymous. Jesus is the word. We have to abide in God's word. Now, this is what I tell my boys. I encourage my boys in this a lot. How many of you have kids? Raise a hand at me if you have kids. Okay, you have kids. A lot of you. A lot of you have kids. We have a family church. I love that. Um, I, I think one of the biggest thrills for me as a parent is to see my kids get it. Beyond my relationship with God. Where my son gets it and says the right things and does the right things and acts the right way because he gets it because he has a personal abiding and relationship with God. Nothing blesses me more than to watch my boys walk away from while I'm riding on mom and dad's coattails. Because how many, how many, you know, I mean, there's a day that comes they've got to stand on their own two feet. They've got to stand on their own relationship with God. So what I tell my boys a lot of times is I'm always asking, y'all yeah, ask them, I'll ask my youngest a lot of times, I'll be reading the word and he'll come in the bedroom. You know, he always comes visits. We, we hang out a lot. We, we're uh, inseparable. My, my youngest is, he's, he's my little sports buddy. So he'll come in and he'll lay down on the bed and he'll go, what you doing? So I'm just reading the words. So I want to read with, have you read the word today? And the answer is usually no. And I said, well, come on. Well, well, you know, once you get out your phone, he gets out his phone and he, and he gets on the Bible and where should I read? <laughs> He'll ask me. I said, you know, I just, uh, it depends on what I'm reading. If I'm, wherever. we're just reading here. And I said, or sometimes we'll read together. But I tell him this and I tell my, all my sons this. You know why that we want to read the word of God every day? Because we want to put the essence of who God is in us. So we never get so far removed from God that we quit hearing his voice, the right things to do, and making the right decisions. And so I encourage my boys, guys, you love God. You've got to put God's word in on a regular basis, a daily basis, so you don't stray from him. It's actually taking and putting of his essence into your heart and filling your heart with the word of God. So you know what? When something happens, something comes up, you know exactly what to do because you know what God's word says. Or you're going to make a poor decision and the Holy Spirit just yanks you back and you get a quick scripture in your heart or just yanks you back and checks you and you don't even know why, but you just know I shouldn't do this. Anybody ever had that before? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our job is, and I know, I know we've talked about this a lot, but our job is to abide in God's word. Now, I lately have taken on some other responsibilities and, and, and have some different things. And my wife has, um, my wife does furniture and that's her passion. And, and she, my wife does, I don't know how she does what she does, but she comes up with all this stuff and makes all this cool stuff. And, and she decided that she wanted to do these shows. So she's going to do these shows and, 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 you know, I think it was Boomtown Days in Dunellen. Anybody heard of, ever heard of that? Yeah, Boomtown Days. So she went up there. And of course, you know, we got the whole U-Haul truck and everything. Well, guess what? The whole time that we're getting ready for the Boomtown Days, my wife knew that I was going to get involved, even though I told her I wasn't getting involved. <laughs> we knew that was going to happen. So I had that that I was doing. She did two shows a row in two weekends. I'm really proud of her. She just really does a great job with that stuff. But as a husband, as a good husband, I had to jump in there and help. So I'm up at 
the crack of dawn, you know, on my day where I want to sleep in and we're loading up a truck and we're getting the stuff out there along with a lot of different responsibilities that I'm doing here at church. And I found myself a couple weeks ago just to the point where I knew I wasn't doing what I needed to do to walk in the place that I'm walking. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're just, you know, and I'm telling on myself, I'm being honest. I'm telling on myself. I just got to, you know, I haven't put the word of God in my heart. I haven't made God my thoughts, uh, put, you know, made my thoughts uh, gravitate towards thinking about God. I haven't done the things I need to do to pour into my worship gift. I I haven't, you know, and you you get to that point. And that's a good point because then, you know, okay, I'm going to turn this around by the grace of God and the strength and help of God. I'm going to turn this around. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you're thinking to yourself right now, man, I am just not in the Bible like I should. Don't be condemned about it. There's no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. You can't change your past, but you can change your future. So make a choice and decision. You know what? I'm going to abide in the secret place. I'm going to put the word of God in my heart. Second thing, I I know these are real elementary things, but Paul said, if I remind you of these things, it shouldn't be boring or or foolish to you because if, if it's exciting to you, it's always real to you. Pastor Tim could speak on faith, uh, every Sunday and every Wednesday, and I'd never get bored with it because faith excites me. Faith is what moves the hand of God. Faith is what creates miracles. Faith is what turns someone into an, from an ordinary person into an extraordinary person. Faith is the thing that will cause you to be an overcomer. Faith is the thing that will cause you to be prosperous and blessed in all that you do. Faith is the thing that other people see when they see you that brings them to God. We just had just a real quick side story. She was, my wife was doing the sale and this guy was next to her. He was a vendor and he was the nicest guy. Helped her out because, you know, she had some things and stuff. And they got talking for about a half an hour. And he said, you know, I just noticed because I watched the way you and your husband, you said you're married 20 years and you guys still seem like you like each other. So he goes, you know, that intrigued me first of all. And he said, second of all, I watched your boys come and you guys just have such a respect and and, and talk to them so well. And there seems such a, be such a family connection. Can I ask you, what do you think attributes, you know, what do you think that is? Well, it doesn't take, you don't have to give Jennifer even this much of that, you know, of a hole for her to, you know, so she just started sharing with them. Didn't get all religious. Well, let me tell you, brother, here's my big family Bible. She didn't do that. She just started talking to him real simply. You know, I, I, thank you. That really, that really means a lot to me. You said that. And I just found that when I put my trust in God and just started to share the gospel with him. But your testimony, faith is what makes your testimony something that's attractive to somebody else. I tell you, that is more attractive and that will attract people more than, than what you say, than by what you say. You don't, I mean, if you just believe God and just act right and just walk in faith, people will notice. And they'll ask you, you always seem like you're happy. Can you tell me how that works? I'd be glad to tell you how that works. You know, how many of you, and I want to ask you, this is totally impromptu, but how many of you think that you're capable of inviting one person to church, bringing them with you to church between now and December 31st? How many of you think you're capable of doing that? Okay, seriously, keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. I don't even think you're capable of doing that. Okay, good. Okay, put your hand down. Now, I want you to think with me for a minute. Think if everybody in this room brought one person, just one, 
and let's say that one person will represent a family. You bring that one person to church and just by your witness and the testimony, and let's just say 20% of the people actually stayed. And let's say we took our Wednesday night crowd and quadrupled it because that's really how many people we have coming to the church and only 20% stayed exponentially. Let's go to 2012. We do the same thing. Just one person, 20% of them stayed, which I think way more than 20% will stay because the gospel is just too good to pass up. But just that, could you imagine the influence and the things that we would have that we could do in our community because of that? Because you're just going along, abiding in God's word, not having to preach and witness and do everything. People are just asking you, can you tell me how that works? Or you get friends with somebody at work and start to say, hey, you know what? We're doing this little, well, little, <laughs> we're doing this little thing called Melbrook Christmas Live. It's just a great show. By the way, we had over 9,000 people come to that last year. Amazing. So we're having this show and it's just really cool. I mean, it's like Disney quality. It's not like your typical religious little church thing. It's, it's just really something cool. Would you like to come? I'll buy you tickets. Would you like to come? Then imagine if we just had 20%. I don't know how many people I've talked to that said, when, when did you first start coming? Meadowbrook Christmas Live. Huge outreach and event. So just think about that as, as we exponentially go along. Okay, second thing is worship. Now, worship is this to me. It's a constant state of recognizing God's goodness. So worship isn't only this in your bedroom. Worship is a constant state of recognizing and acknowledging God's goodness. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. You pull up to your house. Thank you, Lord, for my home. You go to your job. And even though you're not the, really not crazy about it that much, thank you, God, I have a job. That is worship. A constant state of recognizing who God is, along with taking time to worship him. Whether you're in the car and you're just singing your little guts out to Jesus, or you're in the shower and you're just singing. I tell you, my son, my son Nick, he, he is like, they call him over at the, on the campus over at Meadowbrook Academy. They call him, they call him um, something along the lines of like the singing kid, because everywhere he goes, he's singing all the time. He doesn't have the greatest voice in the world, but he just sings, 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 sings. So you're just hearing him singing his guts out in his bedroom. And it's always just singing, 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 but it's just such a joyful thing. I think we can do that as believers in order to dwell in the secret place of the most high and abide under the shadow of the almighty. We need to be worshipers. Instead of complainers, we're worshipers. We're constantly acknowledging, God, you're so good. Man, I'm going through a rough time right now, but you're going to deliver me out of this. Thank you, God, that you deliver me. You're my refuge. You're my shelter. I just, I just want to worship you today. Even just taking two minutes out of your day uh, at, at the beginning and just stopping and saying, God, I just want you to know today that I'm so thankful that you gave me Jesus. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit and I worship you today. That simple act of just taking the time to recognize the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and the greatness of our God. I tell you, it'll do something for your life. Psalm 65, 4 says this, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts 
We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and of your holy temple. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Philippians 3, 3 says this. We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. You know what? Let's just do that for a minute. Can we just do that for a minute? Let's just do that together. Go ahead and just stand up. Stretch your legs for a moment. Let's just do that. Just just lift up your hands. Just a simple act of faith. Simple act of faith. Lord, we do. We just, uh, we just lift up our hands right now as a simple act of faith. And we want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we're just going to by an example right now. And just by lifting up our hands, we're just going to thank you. And just sing to you. Sing, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Let's sing, how great are you, God? Are you ready to sing with me? Say, oh, how great are you, God? Sing with me, how great are you, God? And all will see how great, how great are you, God? One last time, come on, just tell them from your heart. How great are you, God? Sing with me, how great are you, God? And all just touching people's hearts come on last one last time say how great is our god is our god sing with me how great is our god and all will see how great how great is our god God. Oh, doesn't that feel great? Oh, we just bless you, Jesus. We just bless you, Jesus, and thank you. We do recognize you, and we just abide under the shadow of the Almighty right now just by worshiping you and thanking you. Oh, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated. That's just an example. But can you feel, I mean, even as we corporately come together, we start to just sing those simple words to that song. And it's like, I could already just feel the presence of God filling this room, filling us, making us ah, just feel better. It's an amazing thing. So stay in God's word, worship the Lord. I know this is simple, but I'm telling you, it's the simple things that keep us on the right road. Last thing is pray. And I like to say it this way. Prayer is constantly staying on the line with God. You ever done this before? You call someone on your cell phone and blah, 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 blah. blah, And you thought you hung up, but you didn't. 
I've had to make the call before and say, excuse me, I have a three and a half hour phone call on my bill and I know I didn't talk for three and a half hours. You know, but then you put your phone down and, and for some reason it didn't hang up and it's just going and going and going. I think we should be like that with God. I mean, at any moment, I try to do this a lot during the day, just taking time. I'll sit down in my office for a second and I'm getting ready to do something. God, I just thank you for giving me wisdom on this. It's just little simple things like that. It doesn't have to be, and it should be, these times of prayer that we go and we spend you know, you make an appointment with the Lord and, and you set aside time. That's important. But just during the day, little things like that. God, I need wisdom for this. Would you help me? That's prayer. But a lot of times we just don't do that. We get busy, 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 busy. And oh yeah, Jesus, thanks for the day. I think God wants us to stay on the line with him all day long. That's another secret of abiding in the presence of the Lord. Um, it says this in First Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Stay on the line. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for no thing. Be anxious for no thing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I've got to tell you that if that's, if that's not my favorite scripture, it ranks on the top three. Because I'm a regular user of Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8 and a regular user of 1 John 1, 9. He will forgive you if you tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a regular user of that. Jude one twenty, and it's um, um, second to the last scripture I'll share with you. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith by praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't really have time to get in that, but there's a power when we pray in and by the Holy Spirit. Whether that be the Holy Spirit praying and, and just praying out and understanding in your known tongue, praying about what God wants you to say and the Holy Spirit will lead you in that or praying in other tongues, which is a heavenly language, praying in your heavenly language, building yourself up on your most holy faith. I'll tell you, there's so many times where I just don't know what to do and there's no other thing that seems to bring me peace. So I pray in my heavenly language until that peace comes. And the Bible says it builds you up and Amplified actually says you rise higher and higher like an edifice. You know what it does? It just lifts you up above all the turmoil, separates all the garbage out and just gives you that sense of, oh, oh thank you, Lord. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're with me, right? Praise God. So three things that you really need to do you need to abide and stay in that secret place. Stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Be in a constant state of recognizing his goodness. Worship him. Worship him. And also pray without ceasing, constantly keeping God on the line. Now, last verse I'm going to share with you is Psalm 91, 2. Psalm 91, 2. And it says this, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. And the question I want to ask you today, and I want to challenge you with, are you regularly declaring, 
I trust you and saying, you are my refuge. That was the prerequisite that God gave us. He gave us verse one and two and said, this is what you need to do to stay under the umbrella and to stay hooked up. I'm going to do verses three through the rest of the chapter. Those are things that are just, and if you'll go back tonight before you go to bed and just read that and read really all the things that he says that he will do, that he would do for you to keep you in perfect peace. I'm telling you, there's not anything that's going on in your life right now that you can't find in Psalm 91 that God said he wouldn't do for you. So do that. Go constantly, constantly, constantly back to him and do that. But verse 91, verse 2 says he declares he alone. Say that with me. Say he alone is my refuge. Say it again. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. And I really hook your heart up with this. Are you ready? Say, and I trust you, God. All right. So those are the two things that you can do to posture yourself, the believer's posture, to just get yourself ready for your day. Now, are you going to have a perfect attendance in, 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 in doing these things every day? Probably not. <laughs> but that's why the blood of Jesus is so, 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 so wonderful. Because we're not earning our way into God's blessings. I mean, everything's by God anyway. It's just by his grace that you even have a chance to say, Jesus, I love you. It's by his grace that you're able to stay in the word of God. It's not so you could be condemned and wake up and go the other day. I wasn't in the word of God today. I'm a lousy piece of dirt. <laughs> you know, sometimes I go, you know what, Lord, I, I didn't get a chance to, to put your word in my heart today. But your mercies are new every morning. So the biggest thing I can do in faith right now is go to bed. Because when I wake up tomorrow, his mercies are new every morning and then start over. That's what, that's what the new day is so great about. You know, you wake up and it's all new. You got a fresh stack. Pastor Tim's taught us that you got a fresh stack and you're ready to go. Amen. Go ahead and stand up with me and we'll pray and we'll dismiss. Did you, did you get anything that you could take home with you tonight?